0: This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt.
1: And I'm Kelsey. This
0: is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Welcome to Main Corpse. I want to call this
1: a special episode. I'm Matt. And I'm Kelsey.
0: And today... Um, We have uh, something that is living rent-free in the heads of a lot of TikTokers right now, which is our amazing cake from...
1: Kylie's Cakes in Princeton, West Virginia. Now,
0: before we get started, you already talked to to Kylie uh, and explained what we were doing here. Do you want to just explain for anyone who's not initiated and why this cake is so important?
1: Yes, I'm so excited about that. Okay, so I have a TikTok problem. And... um. I don't know if you guys have heard about Cake Gate, but I sure did. And um, I looked it up because I was like, oh, if she's close enough, we can drive. She was three hours away from me. So, this crazy rainbow cake that a... Baker made a really, really, really mean TikTok about and then ended up being just raked through the coals for her work. And she has been for months. So much so, I actually, I um, contacted the wrong person initially. (laughs) Um, It's also Kylie's Cakes, but she's based in the UK. And she, after speaking to me, because I realized my mistake, said, are you looking for the one in the US? And I said, yes, I am. She goes, Oh, gosh. Can you please tell these people to stop leaving me horrible (laughs) reviews from the United States? She's in the UK, guys. Come on. At least read her Facebook page before you leave the comment.
0: Yeah. Not before
1: you message her, because...
0: (laughs) So, um, I was brought into this by you and Brittany. You guys, you brought it to Brittany. Brittany brought it to me. And we watched a lot of stuff about this. And the idea was, you know, we're in West Virginia. We try West Virginia foods on almost every episode. I don't think we've... Have we ever tried anything outside of the state yet?
1: Not yet, but we will. We, we have will. every intention of... Yeah. Um, our, our main goal is to try and introduce all of you to locally owned yeah. cooks, bakers, etc. So when we
0: saw that that the hate that was getting thrown around, um, we um we decided we wanted to try one of the cakes. And we said, why not ask her... To plaster it with our logo, it worked out really well. Um, well, and- what else
1: was I supposed to ask her when I when I inquired? Do you think you would make a cake for a podcast? And she's like, "Sure." What do you want? And I just sent her muggy because what else do we do? Right.
0: What? There's nothing else we do. You know what? And How then- cute would
1: that have been with our creepy pasta logo that you guys haven't seen yet?
0: I know, and then. This ended up being plaster all over TikTok, and it is uh, is quite the hit. We absolutely love the way this cake looks, but we're going to get into some of your comments after we try it. I've got them right here, so I can tell you some of the more common comments so that we can talk about it. Okay, so I don't think there's any time better than the present. Um... Let's do this. Yeah. I'm anxious to try this. So
1: this cake here is pistachio with her buttercream. We also have some other fancy treats. I, I said, hey Kylie, you know we review food. Can you do me a favor and just set aside a couple of things? I know I'll be coming like end of your day. So we have sugar cookie, okay, chocolate chip cookie, a blondie, and a peanut butter cupcake. She said these are her <gasps> the best sellers. The peanut butter
0: cupcakes. I've seen her making peanut butter stuff. Yes. I was anxious to try that. Awesome.
1: Don't take any pictures it rolled across my car.
0: Now, I am going <laughs> to um I am going to preface us trying this by saying this has been in the refrigerator was literally just taken out. So, texture-wise, that is going to impact it, but we're still going to try this. So, let's do it.
1: I just went straight for the middle of this cake cuz I'm a barbarian. I went for the
0: bottom because I love the uh the bottom
1: of the cake. I got you. For those of you, for those of you, I've seen on TikTok saying she's probably using buttercream from a can. I can tell you that she's not.
0: It is not. No, I can tell Um, you that. This
1: is this is real buttercream, Um, and the pistachio cake I think is maybe a box. I can't I can't tell based on the texture. It probably is, but it it tastes like she's done something to elevate it. To doctor
0: it. And that
1: said, that is such a common practice, guys. Like such a common practice. So many places do it. Well, it's be, because financially it makes yeah. significantly more sense. Um, it's delicious cake. Yeah, if it's from a this box, this is fantastic. It's really good. The look, yeah. ugh, such a pretty cake. Yeah, this I, is beautiful. I literally, I saw her boxing it for me, and I went, "Oh my gosh, that's so pretty!" Nice.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's. So with that in mind, let mm-hmm. me give you the first thing that some people on TikTok said was wrong with our main corpse podcast cake they said make rosettes
1: on the top instead of piles what do you i think? agree with that 110 percent.
0: because i disagree with it i i actually like it for the for the style of our cake for better.
1: ours i like the piles
0: yeah that's britney she's <laughs> so she's she she on. does
1: piles i think though on everything okay and uh, i think rosettes are a lot more delicate with cakes okay um And I personally, especially with the the tip that she uses, because she and I both share something, and that is a favorite piping tip, the rosettes are just significantly more elegant. Okay.
0: All right. So I, I can see that. I liked it because like it. it just. I think looks the
1: piles are cute. It's
0: but cute. I think, and if that's her style, then mm-hmm. we told her do whatever you want with this cake. I this did. Was her. This was her her choice for how to style this cake. That's so, true. Yeah. Um. And I I like what she did. Okay. So I'm gonna try another bite of this now that we gave you the first one. And uh,
1: I I have half of this already gone. Yeah, it's amazing. And Brittany is getting ready to try hers.
0: And also bottom eater, huh? That is definitely. Definitely Mm -hmm. homemade buttercream.
1: It definitely is. And Mm. her colors turned out so good. They color match so well.
0: Yeah, she killed it.
1: Um, I am going to go ahead and just make the comment because somebody's going to have to. Brittany hates the handle because it's white. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that and Matt knows that. But I also know with edible images how difficult that would have been. I get it. So, like... Yeah, yeah. I get it. It would have been hard to cut.
0: Brittany designed the mug. So yeah, so she's she allowed to the, be picky about uh, yeah, that. She's allowed to be picky. Do you want to hear the next one? Because we have, we have a few more. No, I do. All right.
1: My only thing was you could have put icing on top of it just to cover it up. Yeah, maybe. Just to yeah, m- maybe. make the purple even, but... That if that's the only qualm that I have, this is great.
0: Knowing the way her TikTok comments go, she definitely would have gotten shit for that, though.
1: Yeah, definitely no, would have. for sure. Um, I actually look like either way. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna call uh, my bestie in Florida out just real quick here because I sent her a picture and she said, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "Yeah, Kylie Cakes from Gate made this." Her immediate response was, "Well, that actually looks good," and she finished it with. Knowing who made it, that's beyond what's expected. And you know what? That's so mean, but I think, I think, yeah. though, I've been watching her and her TikToks. I really do think she's taking everybody's advice.
0: She really is. I loved, I loved on arcade. She's like, look, guys, and she's using the what, bench what is, scrape. The yeah. The bench scrape. So do you want to hear the next one? Mm-hmm. Okay, because we can test this one right now and confirm this. Mm-hmm. Or deny this. So another person said that the image was on plastic. It's
1: not. I already ate it.
0: Yep. You already. I saw you eating it. So yes, um, (laughs) she definitely took the plastic off of the image, guys. I can confirm that. Um, So if you want your your answers. She very
1: specifically has a person that does edible images for her, which is why we had to wait a little bit longer for the cake. But yeah, I already ate it. Um, and nobody heard me crunch on anything, so it's mm-hmm. not a fruit roll-up situation. And those of you from TikTok know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Okay. So do you want to hear the last one?
1: Oh, Before so we give our
0: final thoughts, because here's what I think we should do. I
1: mm-hmm. think we
0: should rate this three different things on a scale from 1 to 10. Okay. We should both rate the design of the cake.
1: I have to stop eating this cake because we have other stuff to on try. On a scale
0: from 1 to 10. Yep. We should rate the taste of the cake itself on a scale from 1 to 10. Okay. And the icing on a scale from 1 to
1: 10. Okay. I'm not stopping. Okay. Also, I don't think it's box cake.
0: Really? Okay.
1: It seems it seems a little different.
0: Okay. Well, Texture-wise,
1: I think it might be, but the flavor, I think maybe she elevated it. I've FYI,
0: it definitely tastes like cake. pistachio, and I have yeah. caught big chunks of pistachio in this cake. I
1: haven't gotten any pistachio. I have gotten a couple. I've gotten a couple. All right. Ridiculous.
0: Go ahead, Brittany. You had I'll, something you wanted to add?
1: Well, I'll also say she matched the color really well.
0: She did. Because, like, I'm such a stickler for getting a color right. Mm-hmm. And
1: usually if I eat, like, somebody's, like, commercial cake, it tastes so much like dye instead of the flavor. And I just I've taste I've been the there
0: before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the last one. I really am anxious for your thoughts on this one. So... Some complained that it's too simple and that anyone could have made this. What do you think of that comment?
1: Do I think anyone could have slapped this cake together? Possibly. And let me explain my thoughts in depth. This cake, anybody could have slapped icing on a cake, put an edible image on a cake, done some dollops of frosting. That said, it's not going to look this good. It's not going to be this smooth. The piping do you see the piping here that she did around yes. our logo mm-hmm. um do you know how easily she could have fucked that up <laughs>
0: but she definitely but didn't. she didn't yeah
1: and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't do drip on my cakes yeah i never do it's amazing because it's kind of a pain um not really not that i can't it's just that i i only bake for you guys so um i don't have the energy
0: that drip was it like it was it was like she the understands texture, us.
1: the texture is perfect it's almost a ganache I
0: know I'm about yeah. to get to my first piece of it and I'm really happy Yeah. so here's my thoughts on that um,
1: <clears throat> it tastes good
0: too if you think that anyone if you yeah. think that anyone could have made this I have a challenge that I would like to to extend oh no I'm going to try to make this cake and I'm going to show you guys that not everybody can make this cake so um, in the next couple weeks, when we are back from some time away, I am going to come over to your house. And Matt, I am I'm going so excited to, for
1: this because I um, have all the pans you need and I cannot uh-huh. wait to tell you how to make everything here.
0: And I can't wait to let TikTok tear my cake to pieces because I will deserve it. This cake did not deserve it. This is a good cake.
1: Yeah, so guys, if you haven't had her cakes... The flavor, bare minimum. Well, don't don't judge her cakes.
0: Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. This is a good cake. This
1: is a great cake. All right.
0: So with that being said, let's rate this thing Especially before it's we get too price. far into it. All right.
1: Like it's affordable. Like we uh, we've paid more for cakes that were way worse. Oh yeah. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. All right. And, yeah. Let's do this. Okay.
0: All right. Let's start with the cake itself. Scale from one to ten. What do you think?
1: I'm gonna give it a six.
0: Brittany, what do you think?
1: Okay. What. Just the cake, the cake
0: part. Just the cake. Let's go from one to ten. Oh,
1: like a seven. I like the
0: Okay, cake. seven. I'm also going to give it a seven. Um, okay. I think we're all about in the same ballpark.
1: Um, yeah, so I, the only I, reason I like it didn't lot. get a little bit higher with me is um, I don't like cakes that have layers that are this thick. That's I think the have. thick layers are a little intense. If you're going to do it for height, um, I would almost like to see her... Um, Cut the cakes in half and just have extra okay. shorter layers with some buttercream because that's that's my personal preference Got it. It's almost like when you have a, th- a thick hamburger. Correct. You'd rather have the thick,
0: I'd rather have the thinner th- hamburger. Exactly that, that Buttercream icing scale from 1 to 10
1: scale from 1 to 10. I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna give it a 5 Kylie. I'm sorry, and I'll explain my reasoning. I can taste the dye
0: Oh, you okay? Because I can't.
1: Can. I, can, I can more bites in. I can taste it too. That, that said, I love this cake. It's very, very good. I feel like the um, the icing might be just on this side of oversaturated, but it's not bad. But I don't like buttercream. I think she should stick with buttercream because it's significantly easier to work with and shape.
0: I live for buttercream. I know
1: you do, but I don't I do. like buttercream.
0: So, with that being said, um, I am also going to give the icing about a seven out of ten. Okay. I, I think it's I think it's really that good, um, especially the undyed icing. So mm-hmm. the white parts that
1: you get there. Yeah, the stuff that's in good. the cake is fantastic. Excellent.
0: Yes, Brittany, what do you give the icing?
1: So I'll do a six because I she like doesn't that. want mom and dad to fight.
0: Nine out of five, and yes. you did a seven.
1: I I liked the white
0: okay so now what everybody is probably wanting to hear what do we think of the the presentation what do we think of of, of the design of the colors how do you rate all of that on a scale from one to ten
1: I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her a nine and I'll explain myself and it is entirely my fault okay when we were talking she said do you want the design on the top or the side and I said I guess the top I really don't know and I hate the design that's on the top I don't I don't like the way the um, these big guys kind of just smush that design into nothing, mm-hmm. and that is the only complaint I can have about this cake. It's so pretty, yeah. and like. Man, hey, look, Ma, I made it. <laughs> like, I, was,
0: I it. was completely shocked um, when I saw the cake. So when I first saw the image pop up, um, I was I was blown away. And it was, when, uh, it was when she actually tagged us in it. I felt so good for her because I was like, this is a damn good cake. Mm-hmm. This is a really good cake. I'm also going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um, and the main reason I'm doing that is because... Compared to what I've seen come out of her bakery before, this is, this shows so much progress. Can I I give a theory? Yeah.
1: I've seen a lot of her cakes because I deep dived cake talk. I really, truly did. Mm -hmm. Um, I think her weakness is fondant. I don't think her weakness is cake decorating. Uh. I think it's fondant work.
0: Okay. So maybe just stay away from that.
1: Not even stay away from it, but practice a little bit more Uh with it. Get a little bit better. Start um, working on your techniques with it. Because, like, I came at it when I initially got out of school. I came at it from a... I did a lot of sculpting in art. Uh So... Fondant was nothing for me. Okay. That so was not said, for me. There, there are yeah. some like flowers that I can't pipe because I don't know how yet. Okay. And I wouldn't put those on a cake that I'm selling, giving away even until I got good at them. And that's that's the thing. I think that um, if that's the only thing she has to work on, stay away from it. Fondant tastes like chalk anyway. I hate fondant.
0: Yes. Yeah, I hate fondant. It. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's I gross. Like, you can't, yeah. like,
0: it's like
1: gum on okay. a face. Okay. So, um, so
0: overall, this cake, um massively exceeded our expectations and we are super super proud um, of how this cake turned out yeah so way to go yeah this is great
1: job Kylie um this yep. is so awesome um and to go in blind with just an image of a mug and come out with this <laughs> yeah. what, like how great is when that? I
0: saw it I couldn't believe it the drips just sold it for me, me all too. right it's so let's cute. try her other stuff um where do, so where do you want to you, start you pick this oh,
1: hold one. on the other comment. That we got is Love the Spooky Colors, I'm Ready for Fall Already because it reminded me of Halloween. Yeah. That is the goal. Boom. We did it.
0: So if you're listening to Guys, this and it. you're the one who said that, and you're the one who said that, then uh, you're welcome. We That's love you. exactly and what you're
1: welcome to listen to us anytime you want because mm-hmm. every day is Halloween here. Oh, we're yeah. All, we're all spooky Always. All, all right. right. Chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chip cookie. It's a decent chocolate chip cookie. I have a single complaint and that is I think she baked it too long. But I think everybody would want their cookie this baked. I Correct. underbake my cookies. I underbake
0: mine too. That being said, what this reminds me of, flavor profile wise, is a really elevated Subway cookie. Oh.
1: That's my exactly God.
0: what it reminds me of.
1: That's a hundred percent what that it is. It tastes way better though. This is actually one of the better, way better. One of the better chocolate chip cookies I've had. It's, good. it's nice and chewy. This is the sugar cookie, guys. One thing that TikTok can never illustrate is the taste.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're never getting it. And what we're finding out now, taste-wise, I kind of get why her followers were, like, getting their pitchforks and coming after people for making fun of her. Taste-wise, this shit's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I wish she had a cinnamon roll. A lot of things that people are making fun of her on is cinnamon rolls because they're underbaked. And they look like they might need a minute or two in the oven, but one comment that I saw said, you can't just bake cinnamon rolls for 10 minutes, Kylie. And absolutely you can. She has a convection oven. She has an actual kitchen's oven. Mm -hmm. You cook things significantly less time. Okay, I'm gonna shut up and try this cookie. (laughs) I also love her use of cute sprinkles. Not a good sugar cookie. It's
0: pretty good. I, I think it's a little bland for me. But it's a sugar cookie. It's just know, a sugar cookie. I know. Maybe that's why I just don't love sugar cookies.
1: I mm, yeah, you flavor your see, sugar. Cookies. I love
0: sugar cookies. Really? Mm-hmm. See, how The ones I make.
1: Guy. See the ones I make for you that have nutmeg in them.
0: Oh, okay. See that's the that's yeah, why you like the ones. I'm I spoiled make. on that. Um, all right. What do we have next? Do this you want to
1: awesome. do the peanut butter cupcake or the blondie?
0: Let's do a peanut butter cupcake first, um, because. I really want to get to that. Like, I'm very. Much I keep sounding
1: like I'm a Kylie stan and I'm defending her, but I'm, I'm really not. Um, <laughs> I love her. I like, I like her as a person now. I
0: I promise. Uh, we, guys, and and I'm Kylie, right? Kylie, Kylie. This is not See, meant to be even... mean. This is not meant to be mean. Um, you are you are listening to two people who very much expected this review to go a completely different direction. We're very sorry. We we are so pleasantly surprised and happy. Um, but, I'm not sorry. But we both expected this to go a totally different direction. Am yes. I right on that? A
1: hundred percent. Right. I that's I think that's probably why I audibly gasp when I saw the cake. <laughs> because it wasn't at all what I was expecting, and it's so good. I was so shocked. pretty. Okay, so let's do this. All right. Sorry, I'm still eating the chocolate chip cookie because it's good. I only got frosting, but oh, I'm gonna go frosting. Oh, that frosting. That's too.
0: really good. I get why she makes so much peanut butter stuff because that mm-hmm. is a strong suit, obviously. Wow. So that buttercream um, is unbelievably good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very good. And the it cupcake tastes...
1: itself is. A good cupcake. It's kind of dry. A little dry for me. It um, has the
0: texture of a cornbread to me, which yeah. is. I, I'm not Somebody to be commented mad. that her um, cupcakes
1: looked like corn cakes. It, it has the texture of it. It really does, it's, and um, it's a little bit dry for me. The taste is good. Though. That said, the flavor it's it's mm-hmm. good. It's a solid cupcake. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that. Am I weird that I would want that peanut butter frosting on cornbread?
0: Oh, yes. I would. I would. I would eat that. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, now here's the blondie. I was wondering about this, and I'm really glad you got one, because I saw it in the picture on her website.
1: I saw a blondie. This is what she set aside. I did what I always do. I told okay. her, hey, this is what we're doing. Set aside what you think is your best stuff. Oh, my. That's a good blondie.
0: That is decadent.
1: Outstanding. That's
0: outstanding.
1: That's that is, One of the wow. best blondies I don't I've ever even, had. Like, I don't like, like blondies and brownies that are topped with things. This is out of this world. Kylie, cut these in like strips, and then bake them again, and turn these into biscotti. Oh, yeah. please! So I, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, Brittany, go ahead. And blondies are one of my favorite things. They are. You're gonna make Matt drive all the way to Princeton.
0: Pull my arm to
1: get oh, me. Oh no. To Princeton. Oh, those are good. Yeah, she should just be making these. <laughs> That's outstanding, Kylie. This with a bunch of dried fruit. I just did a bunch. Um,
0: I just took the frosting off of a piece and ate it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's even better. Stop it!
0: You can really taste so without the without the frosting on it, you can really taste mm-hmm. the actual the actual like the you can taste the actual cake or whatever you want to call part of it, the actual pastry part of it mm-hmm. really really well, and you can taste all of the really interesting flavors she has going on here. That is an amazing. That is thing.
1: outstanding.
0: That's the um, best thing she has. Right make there.
1: me a cake, but it's just blondie layers. Yeah.
0: Um, don't even make it look like a cake. Just just make a big hap- haphazard pile and just hand it to me. And yeah. I'm don't glue it
1: together with anything. Yeah. It's fine. Um, if you ever, if if
0: I ever go there and I want those made custom, I want them cooked a little bit less. Um, me too. I, I will say that they that the the edges are a little bit kind of overdone for me.
1: I don't eat the edges of anything on purpose anyway. Oh, okay. I okay. always eat the middle piece, so that that's sense. normally not a problem for me. So
0: this this has been maybe one of the longest food portions we've ever done, and it's because we, we actually wanted to give her... Because when we talked about this, we said, you know, of course, because uh, TikTok already got onto our game there, of course, this is about, you know, getting, getting us out there a little bit, letting people see who we are, I'm letting not- people... <laughs>
1: Listen, I'm not stupid. We did it for marketing purposes. Of course
0: we did. Um, but we, we legitimately both, when we decided to do this, we said the one rule that we were going to have is we were going to go into this with an open mind. We were going to try these items as if we had gone and picked them up. We knew we knew nothing about who she was ahead of time, and we were just trying the items themselves. I'm shocked at how good this was.
1: Yeah, me, me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like... There, there's a local baker that I would never pay money for one of their cakes, and they're mm-hmm. extremely popular in our area. Yep, I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh, I know you do. Um, and here's the thing: I, <laughs> I don't know honestly because there's a few that I'm thinking. Yeah, about. there's
0: a couple around there, but yeah.
1: But here's the thing: this this was worth the money. Yeah. Um, I know everybody says her prices are crazy, but it's
0: a damn good cake.
1: <laughs> it's a good cake, and the amount of work she put into it, and as good as this one turned out. It was worth our money.
0: So, Kylie, what I'm going to say is this: um, keep trying. Um, don't. I, I love. I love that she has just pushed through all the hate that she got, and she has just decided to get better and better. She's taking the criticism. Um,
1: I'm going to put this offer on the table, um, specifically for Kylie. Um, I did this for a multitude of years. Fondant was my thing. Decorating was my thing. Call me if you have any questions or do want advice. I am willing to do that. I mean, honestly. And I'm saying that from a, a really, really genuine part of me. Um, not that I think your work is not good because I would have said that. Um, call me if you have questions. I know that you started as a home baker. I've been doing this forever.
0: Mm-hmm, I have not. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to make a cake that looks like a total sack of shit um, just to prove that you are significantly better than anyone, um, as they're saying on TikTok, because anyone could have done this. Well, I'm anyone. And I'm about to show you what a sack of shit I can make, and I'm really going to try.
1: And I'm going to so, give him advice. Yep,
0: yeah, she's going to be there. Um, you can be my Gordon Ramsay, like will. Oh we'll my go god! And you can actually like yell at me and stuff, and I will. to Millie's going to have resist. to go to
1: my parents' house. Yeah, because
0: she's going to cry if she sees uh, if she sees me get yelled at.
1: No, she's uh, gonna she's gonna learn some new words if I'm going to play Gordon Ramsay. Okay,
0: all right, then that's the plan. I'm I'm actually legit going to do this, and we are <laughs> going to compare the pictures between the two cakes when we're done.
1: All right, sounds great. All
0: right. So are we ready to get to our story for today?
1: I think we should. All right. I hope so. I'm in a sugar coma.
0: Well, that certainly wasn't what I expected from that cake that I just had. That was extremely believable, Matt. I know. It was... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you guys put up with us. All right. So, uh, Kelsey, what do you have for us
1: today? Well, as you know... I've been cataloging our episodes.
0: I've been getting, um, I would guess, 20 to 30 emails a day about it. So, yeah, I've seen that.
1: And the neat thing, the, the interface that I'm using to do it mm-hmm. shows me the categories and what it looks like. And we have an unreasonable amount of murder and not enough con men.
0: Ooh, okay. All right. How, yeah. how many cults do we have?
1: Not as many as you'd think.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, uh, because we're about to have another one.
1: That's good because we need to balance out the murder, I think. And
0: it is going to be Yeah, never mind. I'll leave that alone. But go right ahead. Con All right. now this so, is exciting. Okay.
1: Yeah. I love cons. Me I too. think they're amazing. Um this guy, this guy was a twat though. <laughs> All right, so let's just get there. The early 20th century was a time of rapid expansion in technological innovations And was the perfect time for wild medical innovations where self-proclaimed professionals could promise to bring wondrous new cures directly to the people. It was the perfect scene for a man named John R. Brinkley to become one of the most well-known quote-unquote doctors of his time. Now, John Romulus, which he later changed to Richard, probably for tax reasons, Brinkley was born in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina on July 8th, ni- I'm sorry, 1885. Fucking cancers. Am I right? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think, I I, think
1: you're right. I'm also a cancer.
0: Okay. That's why that's gotcha. funny. Gotcha.
1: All right. <laughs> so he was the only son to John Richard Brinkley and his wife, Candace. At the age of 10, he was orphaned, leaving him to be raised in a poor home with his aunt and uncle. At the age of 22, he created a medicine show with his first wife where they performed song and dance routines while selling homebrewed tonics. This show um, taught him several key lessons such as how to connect with audiences, appealing to their values as well as their fears and it helped it if he criticized mainstream doctors as self-interested. Everything he learned from a show-on-the-road medical show. Um, He moved on to Chicago and began studying at the Bennett Medical College, which was one of a number of what were considered eclectic medical schools, where it trained its physicians in the use of botanical remedies prior to the Flexner Report. Now, today, that would be something we would call homeopathic. Correct. Yeah. So there was a time in the 1800s where there were actual schools to learn homeopathic. Medicines and consider yourself a doctor.
0: I'm sure there are still places you can do that today. They're just not quite
1: accredited or anything.
0: Yeah, they're not super legit.
1: These were quote-unquote actually considered colleges. Okay, that's Um, a little different. Yeah, Yeah. so while doing my research, it mentioned the Flexner Report. Do you know what that is? I don't. Cool, neither did I. So I looked it up and have a brief explanation because... I don't know if our listeners won't know what it is, but I didn't. So the Flexner Report of 1910 actually transformed the nature and process of medical education in America with a resulting elimination of proprietary schools and the establishment of biomedical um, of the biomedical model as the gold standard for medical training. So that's what actually required a certain number of years of schooling. Before you were allowed into medical school, which reduced the number of hospitals, and um, also showed an emphasis in scientific teaching versus the homeopathic.
0: Got it. Yeah. Okay. No, and that makes that makes total sense. It I didn't does. know that's what it was. Yeah.
1: I Had no idea, but the article I read did and did not explain what it was. <laughs> I
0: was like, okay, uh, right, yeah, you know what this is. This is, is helpful. I'm not yeah. very
1: smart. All right, so. Lacking funds to continue going to his homeopathic schooling, um, he just dropped out. And um, without a degree, he moved around the country for a while, though he was mostly fleeing from debt collectors. And he did that for several years. (laughs) And during his nomadic lifestyle, he worked very briefly with goats in a slaughterhouse. And that's where he became really fascinated with their apparent immunity to human diseases. Do you know where this is going, Matt?
0: No, I yeah, really don't. You don't. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm just. I'm along for the ride.
1: In this time, he separated, although never actually divorced his first wife. And then I put it in quotes because he didn't divorce his first wife. Married a woman named Minnie.
0: Was he? Was he around West Virginia at the time? Maybe. Uh, maybe Sarah knows who this is because her husband pulled that.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: God. Just saying. <laughs> I.
1: Anyway. Um, he would go on to never finalize his divorce just for Oh,
0: Okay, fun. all right. They did finalize their divorce. Yes. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't him.
1: I know. Ridiculous. Say, maybe,
0: maybe we found the, the missing piece. All right, go ahead.
1: It would make sense. He's a douchebag. Now, he would eventually attend another eclectic medical college in Kansas City, where he received a medical degree. And after his graduation, he answered an ad seeking a family physician in the town of Milford, Kansas. Um, He arrived in Milford in 1917, opened himself a 16-room clinic, and began to win over locals with things like paying really good wages, invigorating the local economy, and making house calls to those who were afflicted with the 1918 Spanish flu. One of the other things he did was bought their Little League uniforms. Like, he spent his money on this town. Like, he was what they considered a good dude.
0: So now you can I mean... You can see why people believed whatever he was selling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. This guy is a great con man.
1: Yeah. And despite everything we're about to learn about him, the accounts of his success in um, nursing the pandemic flu victims back to health and the lengths he actually was willing to go to do that were extremely positive, which is insane to me because it was one of the worst pandemics ever. Yeah. And this man was going... Beyond having no knowledge, no actual medical knowledge, and actually having success at this is our this is this is the 1918 ivermectin don't, man.
0: Don't don't try this at home, guys. Um, this is a one-off. If you know nothing about nursing, don't make house calls for COVID patients. Um, you're not going to do as well as he did. You don't know that. Off. Oh, come on. All right, sorry.
1: All right. So soon <laughs> after this, his practice really took a. a An extremely strange turn. He was consulted by an elderly farmer who was struggling to conceive another child. It never goes into details on how many children this man already had, but apparently he needed another one right now. Um, I don't know. Somebody has to run the farm. How am I
0: ever going to raise an army to take over the earth if I don't have enough kids?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's at this moment that he has an epiphany. And we're going to call it an epiphany in the loosest term possible. He recalled perceiving that goats were a wellspring of health and virility. And Brinkley Brinkley told this man, and I wish I had been there for this conversation, he said, you know what I can do for you? I can implant the testicles of a goat into you surgically, and that will restore your baby-making abilities. That's not a direct quote, but I wish it was. Hold on. He... Oh yeah, go ahead. You're not making this up. I'm not making any of this up. This is a thing that happened. He, he had. Yep. He had the idea. Yep. Of
0: implanting the testicles of a goat. Yes. Into a human Correct. man to make him virile.
1: Yes. It's reported that the farmer was thrilled with the results of the operation, but there were no further details on that.
0: He actually did it. He did do it. And his body didn't, like, reject the testicles of a goat?
1: It says that he loved the results. Now, as it does, the news of this miracle cure traveled quickly.
0: Are his kids the chupacabra that people see? Because, like, they they look like... I mean, it
1: was in Kansas.
0: What the actual fuck?
1: I'm not done. Okay,
0: all right, go ahead. By the way, if you're listening to Main Corpse for the first time, welcome. It's good to have (laughs) you here.
1: Um, Please don't leave.
0: Yeah, goat testicles. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, so news of this miracle cure traveled quickly and generated not only a second patient, but a third as well. William Stitsworth requested the goat surgery for himself, but also asked Brinkley if he could implant goat ovaries into his wife. He
0: wasn't actually doing it. He was just cutting them open and sewing them back up, wasn't he?
1: No, he was doing it.
0: No, he wasn't. He He kept the goats out back. He was actually putting goat nuts in into people? Correct. Okay, I'll shut up now. Go ahead.
1: Within a year of the procedures on this couple, uh, they birthed a son who they named
0: Billy. They did not. They did. They did not. They did. That's so on the nose. Okay.
1: They did it on purpose. <sighs> so at this point, he began transplanting the testicles of goats into all of his aging customers with the promise of masculine vitality. Soon, he was reaching a nationwide audience and was treating about 50 new patients who traveled across the country and were all too eager to pay $750, which, by the way, in today's currency is some, somewhere over $19,000, for what became known as the goat gland operation.
0: I'm no. I'm not adding anything else into this. I just want it to end. So
1: buckle up, Matt. We've got five more pages oh, of content. Oh,
0: fantastic! I want to hear more about people who thought they could put goat balls on themselves and
1: never. So mind. several more patients came forward with unanimous positive reviews. The GGP, as I'm gonna call it. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> was initially promoted as a means of curing impotence. But Brinkley eventually began claiming that the technique was also a remedy for a wide range of male ailments. You know what? I would like to just gently point out at this point that um, no other women had goat ovaries placed in them. Fun fact. Um, at least none that were reported.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything to say.
1: <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Um, the response to his early success. Um, He went ahead and hired an advertising consultant who started running ads all over the country. The story caught the attention of several prominent men, including J.J. Tobias, who was at the time the chancellor of the University of Chicago Law School. And he's quoted in saying, I was played out. I was an old man. I went to Milford and underwent Brinkley's operation. Four days later, the headaches disappeared. Seven days later, I left the hospital feeling 25 (coughs) years younger.
0: Don't go to that school. That's not a glowing review of that school.
1: (laughs) Harry Chandler, who owned the LA Times and LA's first radio station, KHJ, invited Brinkley to California to perform the surgery on him. Now, between the rave reviews of these two men, Brinkley began receiving tons of patients, notoriety, and money. With that money... He built a full hospital in Milford. The placebo effect was working stunningly for Brinkley, with several of his patients thinking that their fertility had been revived. However, at least 42 men did die from complications of the procedure.
0: Oh, that's all. That's not bad. I mean
1: I mean statistically it's like
0: 50-50. Holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I, I'm gonna look up that school, that law school in Chicago, and if I ever need a lawyer and I find out that's where they went, I'm just gonna be like, um, no, thank you, I'll go find someone else. I'll take someone well, from this like
1: was, this was the early 1900s. I'll take
0: someone from a community college uh, instead. Thank you. That's yeah, I don't need you around me right now. <laughs> that's so. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: Oh, it's about to get stupider. So, having been introduced to radio through Harry Chandler, and being introduced to the power of mass communication, he, at this point, did the only reasonable thing one could do. In 1923, he founded his very own radio station in Milford, and he called it KFKB, which stood for Kansas First, Kansas Best. He made sales the cornerstone of all of his broadcasts, in a time when radio stations actually didn't, for the most part, accept advertising. The station itself featured a mix of country music, comedy, poetry readings, market news, weather reports, orchestras, and, of course, don't forget, the gospel preachings. And in between, they played ads for Brinkley's Secret Remedies. He also began doing a segment, which he called Medical Question Box. It's a segment that he did twice a day. In this segment, he gave advice to those who wrote in and began diagnosing the nation's illnesses over the airwaves. And, of course, promoted his hospital's procedures. One of the things he talked about were the questions dealing with sexuality, and at the time, this was really a taboo subject.
0: This is the wildest shit I have ever heard
1: in my entire life. Oh, yeah, it's just going to get wilder. Buckle up, this is the one I told Brittany she was welcome for. On Sundays... He also personally delivered sermons where it said he began seeing himself as a Christ-like figure, and he also felt those who were attacking him were attacking God himself. Now, I only read that in one spot. I don't know if that's true. Oh, it feels true. But I, I hope mean, it's true. it feels true. true. Yeah. I, I know. Mean, I just like to give the people a... Um, I don't have any proof of that, but I hope it's true. I,
0: I really, I really want to imagine he's at a sermon like... Like, he's, he's basically like, don't you guys remember the moment when when the Christ appeared to us and said, hey, put goat nuts in yourself. You'll feel a lot better.
1: All of these programs he had enabled him to gain the trust of his audience, which brought thousands of his listeners to the hospital. In 1923, newspapers started doing a series on um, eclectic medical colleges where they accused them of selling degrees. Brinkley was linked to a diploma mill. And it was finally discovered that he had no formal medical training, despite all of his fraudulent medical degrees. The same year, California tried to arrest Brinkley for practicing medicines without a standard medical degree. Regardless of this, he maintained a really insanely loyal following, including the governor of Kansas, who refused to extradite him to California. In (laughs) in 1930, KFKB was the most popular station in the United States. Not just Kansas, the United States. The whole U.S. Correct. He next began branching out into the pharmaceutical business. And you know what? This is the point where I'm so pissed off at this con man that I wish more happened to him. Quite frankly. He formed a network of proprietary pharmacists. You know what that means? No. This motherfucker started the whole issue we're having with the pharmaceutical industry now. Oh, like the... Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This guy's awesome. If I could raise him from the dead and
1: murder him really badly, I would. Yeah, he's just wonderful. This guy had it all. These pharmacists promoted his patented medicines. He also prescribed medications on his radio show and encouraged listeners to self-diagnose and self-treat their illnesses. That's where he went wrong, and let me explain why. It's at this point that mainstream medicine started losing a lot of money to this man. (laughs) So they took notice and began raising concerns about the threat that Brinkley posed to his patients. Now he didn't—they didn't care about the threats until he started telling them to self-diagnose and not go to real doctors. Correct.
0: That's when, yeah, that's when uh, he—he stepped on some toes.
1: Yeah, he shouldn't have stepped on the toes. He could have kept on.
0: And and it's it's because of uh, it's pure hubris. It's it's I think I'm bigger than mm-hmm. than everyone else. I'm gonna. He's do, God. Gonna, don't yeah, forget. Yeah. So I mean, he he clearly just yeah.
1: Now, as his fame increased, so did the scrutiny of his practice. And it just so happened that attention was also being brought to the lax standards of medical schools in North America, because of course they were. Newspapers began publishing experiences of some of Brinkley's less satisfied patients. I love this man. I also hate this man. And you'll know why as soon as I, as soon as I start talking about him. His name's Morris Fishbein. And he, at the time, was the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association. And he began mounting his own crusade against what he called quacks in the medical field. In a, piece that, in a piece that he published in the journal in 1928, he directly called into question Brinkley's medical education, pointing out that he had been employed in New York while he claimed to have been in school in Baltimore. In April of 1930, Morris attacked Brinkley further by describing him in another article as a charlatan of the rankest sort. Listen, I, I don't really know the verbiage of the day, but that feels like he took his glove off and slapped, slapped him with him. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That was... This man's stinky.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, the Kansas Medical Board held a formal hearing to decide whether Brinkley's medical license should be revoked and concluded that it should also state that Brinkley has performed and organized charlatanism. <laughs> medical societies in Kansas took up Morris Fishbein's cause. I hope I'm saying his name right, but I don't care if I am. Fish this
0: Bean way. is a fun way to say it. I yeah. mean, everything about this story is just awkward. <laughs> well, um, and
1: they began the proceedings to revoke Brinkley's medical license. In response to that, Brinkley used his radio station to challenge the medical societies, saying that he was able to produce 10 happy customers for every one unhappy unca- patient that the medical society spoke to. This feels so high school to me, and I think it it's so good. So he was finally brought before the Kansas Medical Board on 11 charges, including misrepresentation of his educational credentials and the improperly subscribing of treatments over the radio without physically examining the patients or subjecting them to any testing whatsoever. He also had members of the board who came and visited his hospital to witness him during operations. One of them who accepted was so impressed that he described Brinkley's work as skillful and deft.
0: The way he slipped those goat nuts
1: in there was just so good. He didn't even drop them. (laughs) So in September, his license was revoked. Six months after that, the Federal Radio Commission voted 3-2 to to revoke his broadcasting license under the findings that his broadcasts were mostly advertisements. And they also stated that they felt that his broadcast (laughs) otherwise um, included obscene material and the series The Medical Question Box was, quote, contrary to the public interest. And while all of this is happening, (laughs) the associates in his hospital that still had medical licenses continued performing the Goatland operation, and his other medical miracles. I don't, I don't think I found anything that said they were ever called into question. His hearing before the medical board actually made him a martyr and increased his medical business. And most people of Kansas trusted him more than what they called outside journalists, broadcasters, and general medical establishment. Still receiving support from around the country, he began receiving letters requesting that he run for governor wow five days after his license was revoked he announced his candidacy since he had missed his window to have his name actually put on the ballot he waged a write-in campaign and he flew all across the state in his plane called the romancer which had actually at one time been owned by charles lindbergh that's wild okay this story is wild and this is why i love con men he started giving speeches to record crowds. One newspaper reported that 2,000 people turned out on short notice to meet and greet where they met him as he stepped down from the plane with his family. In his speeches, he was ripping apart the government, the American Medical Association, and all of the powers that be that he personally felt were attacking him. He also rallied against the Kansas City Star the two-party system, urban business, and, of course, the suggestion that his candidacy, candidacy was a joke. And you know what? People listened. <sighs> Who does this remind you of? Mm-hmm. You know what? I won't even say. Y'all know. A five-letter word. It's not what I call him, but that's fine. <laughs> um, People at the time were so afraid due to the onslaught of the Great Depression that they really identified with Brinkley. One article noted that if Brinkley received 40% of the vote against his two opponents, he'd win. And he garnered the support of so many people, including fascists like Gerald B. Winrod, a Wichita preacher who was also a Nazi sympathizer, which is fun, right? We love that. We Mm -hmm. love fascists and Nazis. A short list of Brinkley's political innovations include, and you're going to recognize these from a recent election, using the newest electronic medium to speak directly to his patients and supporters, allowing him to bypass traditional gatekeepers. He was the first talk show radio host to appeal to the American public with a folksy style, publicly denouncing communists, liberals, radicals, and traditional experts. Also, he was the first to make widespread use of an airplane for campaign hops. Now, three days before the election, the Kansas Attorney General, and this is dirty, this is dirty, changed what the longstanding rules about write-in votes were and how they worked. Previously, it had always been as long as the intent of the voter was clear, it was enough to count. The Attorney General had changed it, that it must be written exactly as J.R. Brinkley, Mm -hmm. Or the vote for him would be thrown out. Wow. Mm -hmm. Five days before the campaign, like before the election. Yeah, that's how it works. In the end, he received 183,000 votes of the 600,000. And as many as 50,000 votes for Brinkley were not counted due to incorrectly writing his name. Mm. Woodring won the election... With only the margin of 251 votes. Wow. Yeah. Brinkley officially only had 30% of the count. However, based on the number of votes for him that had been thrown out, he clearly would have won had it not been for the last minute change to the rules. Oh, yeah. At this point, he just chose not to contest this, which blows me away mm-hmm. based on everything else that this man has yeah, done.
0: Everything we know about him, immediately I was like, this he contested this, right? He I mean, didn't. he had to have.
1: And in 1932, he attempted another run, and he lost that one fairly, which, all right, fair enough. So after his two subsequent unsuccessful campaigns for office, he shifted his headquarters to Del Rio, Texas. Do you know what's great about Del Rio, Texas?
0: I don't know what Del Rio, Texas is, but I, I would like to know what's great about it.
1: It's close to the border.
0: Okay, all right, good Good call, Mr. He Brinkley, He went good across call. the
1: border and built himself a new radio station.
0: Oh, my God. That he called
1: XER in Villa Acuna, Mexico. And it would go on to become XERA or Zera, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, And almost by accident, he ended up with credit on being advertising and radio pioneer who began the era of Mexican border blaster radio. Via this, Brinkley would continue his established method of live music and bullshittery and actually gave a start to some of the biggest names in country music including the Carter family.
0: That's wild. Yeah.
1: Later, Zara and its DJs such as Wolfman Jack would be the first to introduce rock and roll to an American listening audience. Nuts. I mean, come on. I threw this in there not because it's important but because I thought you'd be interested that's, in that that's history. Amazing.
0: Yeah, as a country music fanatic and a big fan of Wolfman Jack, go American Graffiti. Love that movie. Um, you know, yeah, that's that's super interesting. Uh, he's still a con <laughs> man. In every. I mean, I'm glad he did this. That's cool. Uh, oh, but, he's not done. Oh. He's
1: not done. In 1932, he moved full time to Del Rio, Texas, to be closer to his new radio station. And he could also still use his medical license in Texas. His practice here flourished, and he began generating an annual income of $1 million a year. Their money. I didn't even do the calculator because I knew I'd just be mad about it. Mm -hmm. I've never even, like, sniffed a million dollars.
0: Yeah, me either. (laughs) I don't even know what it would look like. So in
1: 1933, Brinkley shifted his specialty from gland implants, all right, to the prostate gland. It's his real moneymaker. Um, no, it's this is a fool's errand. He actually began using goat testes for a similar procedure to the unilateral vasectomy and claimed that it cured prostate problems. Now, the procedure itself was followed by a series of six post-op injections of a compound that he called formula 1020 or 1020 which, upon analysis, was found to be um, water with some blue dye in it. Morris Fishby described the manufacturer of this formula as raking a body of water like Lake Erie, coloring it with a dash of bluing, and selling the stuff at $100 for six. That's... I think that's how he talked. What do you think?
0: It's Yeah, absolutely. It's genius, too. I mean, it's... I, you know, go, go him. If, if Go him. God. Yeah, it's fine.
1: Just do it. It's people like that that make it really hard for anybody else to scam, though. I know. Rude, honestly.
0: It's messed up. (laughs) How dare you?
1: Now, this new procedure opened briefly (coughs) up to a slew of complaints from the patients. Vishmeen commented on us saying sexual rejuvenation patients tended to be too embarrassed to talk about a procedure that didn't work, whereas he is quoted in saying, men do not have the same hesitance about discussing operations for the relief of a pathological condition of the prostate. And in 1938, Brinkley moved to Arkansas for fun, and also because it was known for being particularly lenient in the medical licensing board. And several of Brinkley's associates were also licensed in Arkansas. (laughs) It's
0: like, hey, come down here. We'll take care
1: of you. We got you, buddy. We got your back, man. Fishbean publishes an article denouncing Brinkley as an example of, quote, quackery that had reached its apotheosis, stating that he had then consummate call beyond anything revealed by any other charlatan in shaking the shekels from the pockets of credulous americans yeah
0: he was mad that's that's what i take from that he was very mad yeah
1: at this point and i i feel it i do this is where brinkley decided he was gonna sue for libel right right Mm -hmm. it makes sense yeah let's do it bad idea so in the trial, um, Fishbean's lawyer actually forced Brinkley to admit that he knew that the GGO did not and could not rejuvenate a man <laughs> by itself and that his advertisements com- claiming that its ability during the last decade were all false. And he had to put that on the record. Astounding. The attorney then went on to say that Dr. Brinkley is the foremost money-making surgeon in the world because he has sense enough to know the weakness of human nature and the gall enough to make a million dollars a year out of it. Now, Brinkley's defense responded with an article that Fishbean had written within which he predicted that the doctor of the future would never have actual direct contact with his patients and would actually sit behind a large desk while diagnosing and prescribing over the television, saying that his medical question box was just him being a doctor of the future like Morris said he would be. Which, honestly, that's not a bad point. Not a terrible you point. You know this man found this article and went, Brinkley, we've got it. We got it here. <laughs> so anyway, the jury returned with a verdict in favor of Morris Fishbean. And Brinkley's attorney appealed to an appellate court and the appellate court concluded that the plaintiff by his methods violated accepted standards of medical ethics. The plaintiff should be considered a charlatan and a quack in the ordinary, well understood meaning of those words. This man just got legally bitch slapped. Oh, yeah. So with the legal label of being a charlatan, it was a devastating blow for Brinkley Uh and was, (laughs) you know...
0: He had a whole fridge full of goat nuts that were just going to go bad now.
1: That's messed up. (laughs) It is messed up for the goats. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, this was swiftly followed by malpractice cases. Of course. (laughs) And that would claim more than $3 million in damages. He just returned to Del Rio, where everything started to converge on him. His radio station, Zara, was confiscated by the government. In February of 1941, he declared bankruptcy. In September, a grand jury in Little Rock, Arkansas, indicted him, his wife, and six of his associates for mail fraud. His wife and the associates did plead no contest. However, due to poor health, Brinkley's trial was postponed after having had three heart attacks and the amputation of one of his legs. He actually died May 26th of 1943 in San Antonio, Texas. He was...
0: If he was in that bad of health, why didn't he just put some goat nuts in him?
1: In his leg. It would have been that.
0: He would have been virile again. Yeah. Fine. He
1: was 56 at the time, and he was never legally held accountable for his actions in spite of having amassed a fortune over the two decades that he practiced medicine. And that, my dude, is the story of John R. Brinkley.
0: Yeah, I hate that. That was
1: uh, whew. a roller coaster of emotion. Well, I really only felt one emotion. Well, I feel like disbelief is an
0: emotion. Al isn't an emotion. That was just a reaction. Uh, And then there was pissed after that. Uh, I was very pissed. (laughs) I'm thinking these poor goats. How many goats did he kill just cutting their nuts off? Like over and over again. I mean, Um,
1: goat castration is not something that will kill the goat necessarily but i mean maybe if he was doing the way that he had to do
0: it to get him fresh off the goat i mean
1: that's fair
0: yeah i don't know i don't know man
1: i don't know he was a surgeon he i like to think that he very delicately removed the nuts off of all of these goats
0: well yeah apparently someone did say that he was like a, a master at this process, so you know. yeah,
1: a professional from yeah. the medical board. Yeah, he was that so... definitely didn't get his palm greased right. while he was this, at the operation.
0: Is this bad boy over now? Can we can we move on past the John Brinkley <laughs> nut episode? Um,
1: so anyway, Brittany, you're welcome. If this Preet, was, you're welcome. If this was your first
0: episode, um, I'm yeah, it's, sorry. It's like this a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> not quite to this. Uh, This level, but this is about what you're doing.
1: I'll have you know if they started out at Bumfardo. they may have. Yes. And they stuck around to hear, they are so impressed with me. Yeah,
0: they're true creeps. They're they're real creeps.
1: That's all I've got for you guys today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to Main Corpse and sticking around to hear me say this.
0: (laughs) Stay creepy, you weirdos.